Oh, should we start this show? Yeah, I'm down. Just buying a car in Carvana first. Ooh, for real? Yeah, it's super convenient. I already got pre-qualified in two minutes. All I had to do is answer a few questions. Ooh, that's helpful. And now just customizing my down and monthly payments. Ooh, that's a very fair deal. Yep. Boom. Just bought a car. And you get to take me to the Carvana vending machine in a couple days to pick it up. Ooh. I'm kind of busy. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. So I'm a father of one. I got to find a babysitter. I found care.com and I was blown away. Through the platform, I was able to find local and experienced candidates along with their reviews and rates, which were way more affordable than I anticipated. Care.com really put me at ease knowing that they were all required to go through a background check. If you're like me and you need to find someone reliable for your childcare necessities, check out care.com. Find the ideal sitters for your childcare needs. We all know about the atrocities that were committed by Hamas last October the 7th, which kicked off a vicious war as Israel defends herself from terrorists on every side. The toll on the Israeli people is staggering and massive. Hundreds of thousands of Israelis have been forced from their homes. Entire communities have been torn apart. Lives devastated by death and destruction. Well, the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews, they are right in the middle of it, all of this, every single day. They're distributing critical essentials for hundreds of thousands of suffering Jews. The need is great, and that's why I'm partnering with IFCJ right now. Every donation is urgently needed to help the people of Israel. To donate from your mobile phone, dial pound 250. When prompted, say the keyword support IFCJ. That's dial pound 250 from your mobile phone and say the keyword Support IFCJ when prompted. Your gift will be matched to double the impact and help provide twice the support. Dial pound 250 and say the keyword support IFCJ. Thank you and God bless. There is finally a governor that has decided to stand up to big tech. With Washington totally gone to the socialists, There is going to be no help there on many, many, many issues. And what governors are starting to understand, what they're starting to figure out is you're pretty powerful. You actually have the right to stand up for your citizens, to protect your citizens, and to fight back instead of just saying, oh, well, Washington's doing its thing. And now we're seeing this change in a major way. We're seeing this change in a a very, 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 very significant way. Governor DeSantis is the first one to really go all in. Governor DeSantis has decided that his citizens deserve to have someone stand up for them when it comes to the big tech attacks. Governor DeSantis has decided he's not going to just let Washington and big tech and Silicon Valley silence the citizens in his state. So far, it's pretty darn brilliant what he's doing. So far, it's actually extremely brilliant what he's decided to do. He's keeping it simple, but he's doing it. And every other conservative governor in the country, forget conservative, every other governor in the country that believes in freedom of speech, believes in freedom of expression, should be paying attention to what Governor DeSantis is doing. Now, of course, the media has immediately attacked Governor DeSantis on this, right? I mean, I mean, it was like instant attack on Governor DeSantis. 
attacking him, saying, oh, well, he's just doing this, playing this up for the media. He's just doing this because he must be trying to run for president in 2024, four years from now. By the way, if Governor DeSantis did decide to run for president, I'd be all about it. I'd want to listen to more of what he has to say because the guy seems to be listening to the people and making decisions based on common sense, whether it be from the COVID-19 lockdowns, not not, you know, taking tons of heat for not locking down his state. And yes, they've had fewer people die in Florida than they did in New York. Where they've had extreme lockdowns, those are things that I, I, I like about him. But what he said in this announcement is that we're not just going to let these big tech tyrants decide what they're going to do. We're not going to let them manipulate our lives, silence us, not in my state. And and my state's pretty important. It's a pretty big state. It's got a lot of citizens. And if you want to operate here, then you better operate under the rules of freedom. I want you to hear in this announcement as Governor DeSantis at the Florida State House announced this yesterday, and he played it out very clearly why he believes, as he said in his message, this message is loud and clear. When it comes to elections in Florida, big tech should stay out of it. Here is Governor DeSantis in his own words, and every other governor in America should pay attention to what he's doing. Indians should have the privacy of their data and personal information protected, their ability to access and participate in online platforms protected, and their ability to participate in elections free from interference from big tech protected. What began as a group of upstart technology companies from the West Coast since transformed into an industry of monopoly communications platforms that monitor, influence, and control the flow of information in our country and among our citizens, and they do that to an extent hitherto unimaginable. At the turn of the 21st century, online technology represented tools to liberate Americans from reliance on distrusted legacy media outlets. As social media proliferated over the past decade, citizens could directly connect with large numbers of people and could cut out corporate media outlets entirely. Over the years, however, these platforms have changed from neutral platforms that provided Americans with the freedom to speak to enforcers of preferred narratives. Consequently, these platforms have played an increasingly decisive role in elections and have negatively impacted Americans who dissent from orthodoxies favored by the big tech cartel. We have seen the power of their censorship over individuals and organizations, uh, including what I believe is clear viewpoint discrimination. And as these companies have grown and their influence expanded, big tech has come to look more like big brother with each passing day. But this is 2021, not, not 1984. And this is real life, not George Orwell's fiction. These companies exert monopoly power over a centrally important forum of public discourse and the access of information that Floridians rely on. It used to be that consumers were trusted to make their own decisions about what information to consume, about which leaders to, quote, follow, about what news to watch. Now those decisions are increasingly made by nameless, faceless boards of censors. They even have a name euphemistically called content moderators. And we're told that these are private companies and that those who disagree with their decisions to regulate content and even suppress content can simply choose other services. 
Well, when 2.8 million Americans chose to download the application Parler and share information with friends, family, and colleagues, what was the result of that? Canceled by Amazon, Google, and Apple. What about the 88 million Americans who chose to, quote, follow President Donald Trump? Sorry, content moderators on Twitter pulled the plug, as did a different set of, quote, moderators at Facebook. This is the case even though leaders like Ayatollah Khamenei have been permitted to use these platforms to do things like call for the destruction of Israel and the elimination of Jews. Core issue here is this, are consumers going to have the choice to consume the information they choose or are oligarchs in Silicon Valley going to make those choices for us? No group of people should exercise such power, especially not tech billionaires in Northern California. Now, if I had to choose, I'd rather be governed by the first 50 names in the Tallahassee phone book than the CEOs of big tech companies. If you don't like Parler, then don't read it. Let's not have those choices made for us, or before long we will have nothing more than someone else's choices imposed upon us by a bunch of monopolies whose core business is to sell advertising. These behaviors are concerning to me, as I know they are concerning to many Floridians. It's high time that we step up to the plate to ensure the protection of the people and their rights. And I'm committed to addressing what may be one of the most pervasive threats to American self-government in the 21st century, because I believe in individual rights, privacy rights, and property rights, because I trust Floridians to choose which content to consume and which to ignore, and because I want to preserve Florida's rich, diverse public discourse and not allow corporate-owned, narrative-approved outlets to dominate our voices. Now, fortunately, I'm not alone in this fight. And I'm glad to work with the Speaker of the House and other legislative leaders as we take on these issues on behalf of the people of Florida. As we work together, we're united under core beliefs in the sacredness of one's voice, one's privacy, and the protection they deserve in our system of government. Privacy rights are really property rights. And just like big tech can't rummage through your dresser drawers, they also aren't entitled to track your every move. You notice what DeSantis is saying right now. And this is why so many governors need to pay attention to DeSantis. He's not talking about conservative liberal. He's talking about your actual privacy rights. He's talking about the right for these companies to look at everything you do and then sell your information to the highest bidder. And that is not okay because this is how they make billions. This is how they control every ad you see on your platforms. This is what makes them so powerful. This is what makes them like oligarchs. And he's right. These companies can't come into your house and rummage through your mail, rummage through your dresser drawer. Go into your closet and see what you're buying so they can then tell people how to market to you. So why can they do it on your computer all day long and your phone all day long? This, this, no one listening right now should think of this as a Republican v. Democrat thing. This should be about privacy and all of our privacy against these big tech tyrants that have way too much power and control over our lives and the information that they basically steal from you and sell to the highest bidder that you don't get to say so in. Governor DeSantis is doing what other governors need to do. He's protecting your privacy. He's taking away the financial power of these big tech companies to sell your information, to rummage through your life, and to sell it to the highest bidder without you really even knowing what's going on. What Governor DeSantis is saying to these big tech companies you think you can come after us politically? Forget that. We're, to, we're, we're going to talk about you, not politically, right? We're going to talk about 
what you're doing with our information. And we're going to hold you accountable for what you're doing with our information. We're not going to let you just sell it to anybody you want to and think that we're just going to look the other way any longer. You guys are out of control. We're going to rein you in. And if you want to have a customer base in Florida, one of the highly populated states in America, then you're going to have to play by a very different set of rules. You're going to have to play by a set of rules that protect all the people in Florida, not just some. Now, everything that you just talked about so far it, it is really not political, right? This isn't like I, we're going to come after you because of politics. No, no, no. We're going to stop the way that you, that you whore out our information from our cell phones and from our computers. Governor DeSantis said uh, just a second ago, as I was playing this for you, as, as he put it, you, you, you don't let these people come into your room and rummage through your drawers, right? Like, you can't do that. So why can you do it on my phone, on my computer? For beliefs and the sacredness of one's voice, one's privacy, and the protection they deserve in our system of government. Privacy rights are really property rights. And just like big tech can't rummage through your dresser drawers, they also aren't entitled to track your every move. You know, someone once summed it up to me this way. When I invite you into my house and say, have a seat, I don't mean you can leave with my couch. Our founding fathers were deliberate in the enshrinement of our rights in the Constitution to ensure that we, the people, were guaranteed protection against those wishing to violate our rights. Ironically, our early founders were most concerned with the tyranny of government in deciding these rights, but today, the big tech oligarchy has in many ways become a clearer and more present danger to the restriction of the right to free speech than the government itself. And certainly, if you go back and look at the monopolies at the turn of the 20th century, uh, these current big tech monopolies are exerting power far, far more uh, pervasive than Standard Oil ever did. Now, these issues are so important because of big tech's pervasiveness and near limitless influence in our society. With billions of monthly users and the vastness of information exchange, not only these companies control the flow of information, they are selling it as well. This is how that you think the business works. They take consumer data, sell it for advertising, specifically more than $200 billion worth of advertising in a given year. Um, and that's not really innovation. That's just a different form of Madison Avenue. Now, since its inception, big tech has experienced rapid and extraordinary growth. Its path to, ex its path to expansion bore a willingness to engage in a host of savvy practices to advance profit while compromising the protection of consumers. Not only do Floridians share with these platforms their lives, thoughts, hopes, and stories, but also some of their most intimate personal information. But what most folks don't realize is that all these companies are taking that information, regardless of its sensitivity, and selling it to whoever is willing to pay the highest price. They've even created complex markets and exchanges for the sale of Floridians' information, all the while claiming to never sell user information. Florida's not going to be tolerating that. Florida consumers deserve protection for their privacy. And with the help of our legislative partners, we're going to stand together in support of Floridians and put a stop to big tech's practice of preying on consumers. Your privacy is important. We also are going to address... Your privacy is important. And, and, and again, this is where other governors need to pay attention. Uh, other governors need to understand 
what Governor DeSantis is saying. We are going to stand up for you, the citizens. We're going to stand up for you, our constituents. These companies have been saying and lying to you for years that they don't sell your information to the highest bidder. We now know for a fact that's exactly what they do every day on the web. They sell everything. Virtually everything that you've ever sent out into the world, searched on their search engines. They're even reading your emails. A lot of people don't realize this. If you send a link in Facebook Messenger for a product, if you send a link in an email to a product, you will then be spammed. And a lot of you probably notice this with that exact product or products related to it in your advertising when you start searching the web after that or when you're on social media sites like Facebook. There is, when you hit that button to forward a product or to forward an article about a product or forward an article about a resort, they then go and say, hey, there, this person is looking to go on a vacation to Mexico. You should advertise your resort to them. How valuable is that information? When you do something as simple as searching for a flight, then what happens? All the airlines start coming after your business for that exact flight. If you search a hotel in a certain city, every ad afterwards is for hotels in that city. Same with rental cars, same with restaurants, same with office supplies. The list goes on and on and on and on and on. And what Governor DeSantis is saying, first and foremost, is not in our state any longer. You guys are way too invasive. You've lied to the American consumer. You've lied to these, to us, to the people saying we never sell your information when that is exactly what you do, and you do it billions of times a day. The game's over. In our state, you can't do this. Now, they may be able to do it in other states, and there's going to be other states. You're going to know who's really in favor of protecting your freedom and who's being controlled by big tech, by which states do not act. Governor DeSantis is the first, and there should be dozens and dozens of states that follow. There may not be. And this is why we need to be looking at this and asking real questions about this. We need to be asking tough questions of every governor. Why are you not following suit? Why are you not organizing and doing the same thing? Why are you not advocating for our protections? These are the questions that need to be asked. These are the important questions that need to be discussed. Now, this isn't all that Governor DeSantis did. This was part one of his plan. Part two is an extremely important aspect of his plan. The other part of this plan that he's talking about, and again, we all need to be taking notes on this because this is how we are going to beat big tech if we're going to survive them, if we're going to stand up to them. His second part of his plan is, is this. Now, these network of Silicon Valley CEOs wield extraordinary power to the point of holistically controlling the flow of vast swaths of information in our country. In a matter of hours, a business can be dismantled, a community of friends and colleagues canceled, 
and even a sitting president of the United States, silence. By their own admission, social media companies view themselves as a new public square and are happy to market themselves as platforms of global, regional, and local connectivity. Make no mistake, they are nothing more than advertising conglomerates, and I'm not interested in handing over the keys to the public square to a bunch of companies whose economic interests are not aligned with the public interest. When it comes to the rightful criticism for their editing and manipulation of the public square, big tech executives flee to shelter themselves from accountability as anything but a public forum and that they have the chutzpah, the nerve, to insist on broad liability protection. Heads they win, tails we lose. And worse yet, a faceless and nameless group of tech employees at these companies now wield tremendous power to censor speech and enforce their viewpoint on political discourse upon the general public. If George Orwell had thought of it, he would have loved the term content moderation. Consequences of big tech censorship are felt far and wide. Take, for example, big tech's approach to censoring criticism of pseudoscientific lockdowns during the coronavirus pandemic. By, by the way, Governor DeSantis and what he's doing now, and you notice the first thing he went for when explaining his big tech move is to show the example of COVID-19, right? You must agree with our science. You must agree with what we tell you we will immediately put misinformation or misleading or silence or shut you down. If you write anything, put anything up or debate anything about COVID that we believe is not correct. And Governor DeSantis in Florida was a huge victim of this propaganda, of this silencing. They were a massive victim of this. Because the left attacked Governor DeSantis, and the reason why they, they attacked him is because he was saying no to what New York and these other liberals were doing. Saying, not in my state we're going to do this. We're not going to do it this way. One of the examples that he is talking about is COVID-19. COVID-19, he was attacked by big tech. He understands how uh, insane big tech has gotten, how out of control they've gotten, because big tech allowed for his state to be just assaulted online because he refused to bow to the liberals. Those that said you got to shut down everything, the economy, schools, all of it. You know, all the things they did in New York that didn't work, all the things in New Jersey they did that didn't work, all the things they did in Baltimore that didn't work, all the things they did in Minneapolis that didn't work, all the things they did in San Francisco that didn't work. In L.A. that didn't work. In California as a state that didn't work, which is why they're recalling their governor now in California. You know, New York City is a great example. Governor Cuomo had time to write a book about how great his response to COVID was when, in fact, they were underreported the number of dead in nursing homes to cover up how bad their decision making was. And when talking about those deaths, what did he say? Whether a person died in a nursing home or a hospital, who cares? They died. That's what the response from Governor Cuomo was. His exact words. So Governor DeSantis dealt with big tech. Remember, you couldn't even write the word hydroxychloroquine without being censored on Twitter and Facebook. You couldn't ask questions about COVID-19 vaccines or the effectiveness of wearing a mask without someone shutting you down and silencing you. Couldn't even do that. 
Not allowed to ask questions. Not allowed to ask any basic questions. Nope. You've just got to go with what we tell you you can and cannot say. And Governor DeSantis was ridiculed and mocked, and he was told, and, and the media said that people were dying because of the decisions that he made, which wasn't true. That he was putting people at risk, that people were going to die because of him, which, again, was not true. Wasn't even close to being accurate. Wasn't even close to being true. Here is more of Governor DeSantis talking about how we're going to rein in big tech and dissension when it comes to things like COVID-19, which you should be able to ask questions. You should be able to ask a question or talk about hydroxychloroquine without being silenced forever. And worse yet, a faceless and nameless group of tech employees at these companies now wield tremendous power to censor speech and enforce their viewpoint on political discourse upon the general public. If George Orwell had thought of it, he would have loved the term content moderation. Consequences of big tech censorship are felt far and wide. Take, for example, big tech's approach to censoring criticism of pseudoscientific lockdowns during the coronavirus pandemic. Well, these lockdowns were almost universally rejected in pre-COVID pandemic preparedness plans. Lockdowns at the time of the pandemic were favored by the, quote, narrative. And so in the name of, quote, science, articles and posts warning against lockdowns were taken down and censored. The result has been the destruction of millions of lives across America, as well as increased deaths from suicide, substance abuse, and despair without any corresponding benefit in COVID mortality. Shouldn't such monumental policy questions have received a full, open, and robust debate? Social media platforms have become among the most powerful mechanism for a private citizen to make his or her voice heard. It is incumbent upon us to ensure those voices are not capriciously and vindictively targeted. And the worst part, they change the rules constantly based on whichever they, whatever they deem to be politically correct at any given point in time. These rules and standards are often changed without the knowledge of their users, uh, moving the goalposts on Floridians and others who use these open forums for discourse and as a source for information. When a social media company applies these standards unequally on users, this is discrimination, pure and simple. Can you imagine tolerating this kind of behavior in banking or in healthcare or in other industries? So today we announced during this legislative session uh, that we will seek to do the following. Ensure that Floridians are safeguarded against these practices from technology companies by requiring proper notice and disclosure of these changes to the standards and full disclosure of any actions taken against a user for violating the standards. We'll also seek to prevent these platforms from rapidly changing these standards and applying them unequally against users. We'll also require that users be provided the option to opt out of the various algorithms these platforms use to steer content, or in many cases, suppress content from the view of other users. But these provisions are of no use without enforcement and we will provide recourse for Floridians both by enabling a user to bring a cause of action against a technology company for violating these requirements of Florida law and empowering the Attorney General to bring action against the technology company for violations of these requirements under Florida's Unfair and Deceptive Trade Practices Act. 
We've also seen the breadth of big tech's influence on campaigns and elections. While there wasn't a state in the union that ran a better election than Florida last year, we still saw on a national scale how articles, candidates, and content had the thumbprints of big tech executives all over them. You can look no further than the last several months of the election as coordinated, calculated efforts were undertaken to advance an increasingly evident political agenda of the big tech companies. The problem is these companies are playing a significant role in the advancement of issues and candidates, but do so without recording many of their efforts for what they are, political contributions. He's right. He's absolutely right. That's why he's doing what he's doing. That's why Governor DeSantis is having to do these things. You look at the meat and the potatoes of what is in this bill, and I want to just give you a quick recap of it, okay? He says big tech has come to look more like Big Brother with each passing day, accusing the tech companies holding monopoly power over a centrally important part of your life, your private information. He then said nameless and faceless boards of censors are violating the free speech rights of Floridians, and big tech is not entitled to track your every move. He's right. He said our founding fathers were deliberate in the enshrinement of our rights in the Constitution to ensure that we the people were guaranteed protections against those wishing to violate our rights, and that's exactly what big tech is doing right now. He said, ironically, our early founding fathers... Our early founders were most concerned about the tyranny of the government in deciding these rights. But today, big tech oligarchs have in many ways become a clear and more present danger to the restrictions of the rights to free speech than the government itself. And he's also right. Silicon Valley CEOs have extraordinary power to point the control of ideas, the flows of information in our country in a matter of hours a business can be dismantled a community of friends and colleagues can be canceled and even the sitting president of the united states of america can be silenced by their own admissions he says social media companies view themselves as platforms of global regional and local connectivity make no mistake they are nothing more than advertising conglomerates He said, I'm not interested in handing over the keys to the public square to a bunch of companies whose economic interests are not aligned with public interests. So this new legislative proposal that they are going to attempt to pass to crack down on unfair practices by big tech company include this. Requiring social media platforms to give proper notice and disclosure of changes to their content standards or terms of service and provide full disclosure of any action taken against a user for violating their standards. Number two, he wants to prevent social media platforms from rapidly changing these standards and applying them unequally against users based on their political ideals. Three, provide users the options to opt out of the various algorithms these platforms use to steer content or suppress content from the views of others. In other words, you can opt out saying, no, 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 you're not going to give me what you want me to see. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see organically what I've chosen to follow and like and look at. You're not going to send me a message that you believe I need to be in favor of. 
provide users the ability to bring lawsuits against tech companies and empower the Ford Attorney General to bring actions against a tech company for violating these requirements under federal, under Florida's Unfair and Deceptive Trade Practices Act. You know, this is all about these algorithms. Quote, if a tech company uses algorithms to suppress or prioritize the access of any content related to a political cause or candidate on the ballot, the company will face daily fines. That's how you rein these guys in. You stick it to them in their pocketbooks. And they have nothing to, by the way, worry about if they're not breaking the rules. If they're not breaking the rules, if they're not deliberately trying to influence elections, if they're not deliberately trying to silence conservative viewpoints, then big tech should have no issue going along with this because it means that they are being honest and authentic and organic. But if they are, then here's your sign. If they are, here's your sign. By the way, if you want to keep up with us outside of big tech, make sure you, A, listen to our podcast every day, and B, text us right now. We're making sure that we can keep up with you outside of this crazy world of big tech. So if they decide to cancel us, all you have to do is send us a text message to our phone number. Our phone number is easy, 55433. So all you got to do, just send us a text message to our phone number like you send a normal text message. Our phone number is 55433. And then you're going to send the word Ben just like you would say, what do you want for dinner? Just type the word Ben and hit send. That's all you have to do. So do it right now so we can always keep up with you. All right, I'll see you back here tomorrow on our podcast. And you can go backwards and listen to other podcasts as well. An official message from Medicare. A new law is helping me save more money on prescription drug costs. Maybe you can save too. With Medicare's Extra Help program, my premium is zero and my out-of-pocket costs are low. Who should apply? Single people making less than $23,000 a year or married couples who make less than $31,000 a year. Even if you don't think you qualify, it pays to find out. Go to ssa.gov slash extra help. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Hear fascinating animal stories to explore wildlife across the globe in Season 3 of Amazing Wildlife. Starting March 15th, listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Looking for a better solution to keep your firearms in high-performance condition? Visit RiptideArmory.com for the most advanced proprietary gun cleaning formula on the market. Right now, get up to $40 off any cleaning kit for a limited time on RiptideArmory.com and take advantage of this amazing deal today. Riptide's two-step cleaning kit offers state-of-the-art technology and guaranteed satisfaction. Riptide Armory is a veteran-founded business, and you can trust that all chemicals are American-made and quality-tested. Shop RiptideArmory.com.